Black Female Project. Hi there, this is Precious Stroud, and I'm here with Deborah Giles. Really excited to talk about who she is, what she does, and her Black Female Project story. Question number one What's your name? Deborah Giles. What industry do you work in, Deborah? I work in philanthropy. And um, would you say that you're entry level, mid career, late career, retired? Late career, definitely. 20 plus years since industry. What inspired your connection to Black Female Project? Precious Stroud. When you first um, told me about this project, it was extremely interesting to me, considering I think about my career in corporate and my experience, and then even in the nonprofit area or arena, uh, working in philanthropy, it's just a consistent um, story that we hear over and over again and cannot emphasize the importance of being able to tell that story and other young women coming coming up in the industry to be able to hear it and understand how to navigate some of the um, problems and issues that they'll face. All right, Deborah. So then what led you to the work that you do? Huh. I grew up here in Oakland, East Oakland, and um, I started an after-school program when I was probably in the sixth grade. And I did it through middle school, beginning of high school. And by the time we um, entered high school, the program funding had been cut. And we had probably about 30 or 40 um, girls, all African-American, all doing martial arts. And it was such a powerful experience. We learned so much, you know, in terms of taking care of ourselves, being responsible for our community. And it was, like I said, it was a wonderful experience. But when funding was cut, I realized that not everyone um, would be able to proceed going forward. And, you know, I was fortunate. My dad took a part-time job to allow me to continue with my lessons. But we went from about 30 to 40 girls to 15 and then finally down to six. And I thought, wow, I know what it meant to me to be a part of that program and how it kind of shaped my life. But then I kept thinking about, well, what happens when funding gets cut? You know, where does that money come from? How is it accessible? And that started the process for me. Do you feel like you were prepared for what you encountered in the professional realm? Yes and no. I had the, um, I was fortunate enough to be, you know, raised with my several aunts, my um, grandparents, my grandmother on both sides, and my great-grandmother. And, you know, that consistent message about how you show up and what they see when they first see you was always important. So style, dress, it was it was just drilled into me from an early age. And I, you know, figured education-wise, if I prepared myself, if I knew where, you know, my materials, I knew the industry, if I you know, state relevant in, in in terms of my craft, and I showed up accordingly, I would be okay. I knew it would be bumps along the way, but I would be okay. And it just wasn't the case in corporate. I started off with Sun Microsystems supporting their foundation, and the experience was um, eye-opening, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. How did it not meet or defy what you thought was going to happen? I did everything I was supposed to do, but I was always still questioned as to why am I at the table? 
and what is your role? Or, or a surprise, like, oh, that's your title. I remember one young lady, I would see, we worked on the same floor, we weren't in the same department, but we see each other all the time. And um, we were in a restroom once, and washing her hands, and she looked at my outfit again and complimented me. And I thought, okay, she does it pretty nice, but I'm, I'm okay with that. And then she says, do you have a sister who works at a um, boutique? And I'm thinking, well, maybe she saw someone who looked like me. And I said, no. And she says, well, I never see you in the same thing twice. And I looked at her and I said, sure, I wear the same thing twice, just not in the same season. I thought, you're clocking me that hard? But obviously we're, we're making around the same amount, or I'm assuming we are, but I can't afford to look the way I look every day. Incredible. So I have to be, you know, buying, not well, purchasing stuff and taking it back and purchasing and taking it back, obviously keeping the tag in, because there's no way that I can show up and look the way I do every day. And I thought, wow, okay. What else? You know, I um, started off in corporate supporting philanthropy. Now I work at a foundation supporting philanthropy. But I am oftentimes find myself explaining who I am and how I arrived at this point. And I give everyone the benefit of the doubt by giving an explanation one time and not assuming that assuming that you don't know any better. But I'm a senior program officer um, in philanthropy, and I've been in this industry for 20-plus years. I'm where I want to be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not thinking I should be doing this or be doing that or have this title that title. I work directly with nonprofit organizations and with some wonderful, um, inspiring leaders who run these organizations. But when I show up, it's like they're still looking like this can't be the woman who's coming here to talk to me about money because who in their right mind would give someone like me that responsibility because I'm helping, I'm sure, my cousins, my, my folks, my people. Am I not, you know, how can I possibly evaluate, you know, based on, you know, strengths, programs, success, challenges, because how how did I get to this point? And I look and I think, and all the years, all my experience, and, and I'm still having to address that or in subtle ways, sometimes straightforward ways, but subtle ways. And I, it never surprises me. You'll have someone who's newly to the industry and they're interested in philanthropy, and they may walk in at the same position and level that I am without the experience, but because of their color and who they know, it happens time and time again. And I, I try not to get frustrated because I, I oftentimes have to remove me from the equation because it's not about me. It's not about my success. It's not about, you know, at the end of the day, how happy I am. It's about who have I helped at the end of the day? What have I accomplished? What organization, what family, what student, what program is better off because of what I've done or what have I put in place in order to, for them to benefit later on? Because that's what keeps them going. That's the rewarding part. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So as you continue, like the theme that has carried on, about it actually reminds me about um, one of our, the contributors who works in corporate finance. She, the way she describes it is people kind of, well, how'd you get that job? 
Like uh, you couldn't possibly be adding to running the business. Like that couldn't be what you do. Mm -mm. You mentioned that it's not about you, yet you're having these experiences. How do you make sense of that and then move on? Understanding, I mean, you mentioned one thing is you stay focused on who you're there ultimately to be in service to. Um, What kind of support system or do you have in place? Family and friends. Family and friends. They know who I am. When I'm about the challenges, the struggles I I face as an individual, and that unconditional love, it's not their expectations, but it's my drive to never disappoint because they will show up and be present on any given day and any given time. I don't care where I'm at, what I need. I am blessed to always be able to pick up the phone or drop by the house or we need to hang out. We need to spend time because I need to be refueled. Um, that's my support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let me get back to the questions here on the paper. <laughs> um, so the one we just left was, did you feel like you were prepared? If yes, what prepared you? And if not, what what would have better prepared you? Is there anything you want to add to that one? No, because I don't think anyone could have said to me, when you encounter this, this is how you should be. Or when you encounter this, don't be bothered by it. Those are things that your experience, your journey, and how you've gotten to that point, that dictates how you respond um, and what you take away from it and what you leave and and how better prepare you for the next time. Like I said, growing up, being in that loving, supportive environment, especially with the women and just drilling different things in my head, um, I felt as though that emotional support about who I am as an individual, who I am as a woman, that made me strong to the point, couldn't I knock that down? You may dent it, you may come up against it, but that didn't change who I was when I walked into the room and your doubts facing me. That would never change. And it's because of the support I had coming up. And in terms of the being prepared in terms of um, my craft, knowing knowing the industry, like I said, staying focused, staying, you know, current, um, you know, taking classes. I, I knew I had to do all that because I, I didn't want to doubt myself. I wanted to be to the point where I was assured where when I walked into the room, not just because I, I read this or did that, is because I've studied and I'm where I want to be and I'm comfortable at that point. Yeah. It was never about doubting my ability to do the job, but it's doubting my doubting me as a person, as a woman, as a black woman stepping into this role, stepping into this industry, stepping into that room or, you know, being a part of a panel and it was everything that came, you know, with being in this industry that yeah. <laughs> so can you share a bit about the ways that your blackness or femininity is either honored or challenged in your field or type of work? It is such a reward when um, we go on a site visit and we walk into the room and those young kids turn around and they look at us and they thought, you're here to talk about money? Like, you, really? <laughs> we don't see anyone like you walking into this room or someone who who visits us to you know talk about possible support. And that is such... It is such a reward. It really, I will never get tired of that. I mean, there's the challenges, which I've already talked about. So, Why 
Why is that so meaningful to you? When I think back, when they talked about the funding being cut, I'm like, what does that mean? Funding, where was the money coming from? And is there more money out there? Who makes these decisions? You know, it was it was such a mystery to me. Um, so I always make a point when I go for a site visit and we're not just talking to staff, but when we were talking to students, I let them know who I am, where I come from. I'm right here from Oakland, just like you are. And, you know, if they have questions about, you know, how do you do what you do? I am more than willing to answer it. But it takes away a bit of the mystery. This is These are not people who sit in these towers or these tall buildings and or these offices who make decisions about us. They're people who sometimes look just like us. And they're not unapproachable. And, you know, I, here I am. I'm right here, right, right here. Ask me anything. But the look and awe and the smile on your face will always, always be warming to my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Deborah. So what advice would you like to share with young Black women looking to get involved in your industry? Do your homework. I love this field and I, I find it incredibly um, rewarding. You know, having been on both sides of corporate and being on, on the side of um, a nonprofit, work for a community foundation, but it's still a nonprofit, is still equally as challenging and rewarding as corporate. But it can be emotional when you're serving the community, and that's what we're doing. I see myself as in service. It can be um, emotional. Sometimes you think you've done enough, and it's in, and then the day you feel though I haven't, and there's more I should be doing, and more I could be doing. I think you need to realize your um, wins, and and find allies. There's um, having the support at home is one thing, but having the support in the field is another. There are number of wonderful people who've been in this industry for a number of years that I rely on too for support. And I didn't stumble across them until I was probably about 12 years into the um, industry. And when I did, I felt like it was an aha moment. Bay Area Blacks and Philanthropies, an organization I was introduced to probably 15 years in. And I couldn't, I, I, I was always so amazed to find that there are Black people doing this work at different levels, and wow. And they're not shy about, you know, being available and calling on them and asking for guidance. Or So I think you have to realize you're not alone. Reach out. So as you begin to cultivate those relationships, for someone who's never done that before, what would you, what's step one? How do you cultivate a relationship? a professional relationship like that with someone who might be more senior? There are always networking opportunities. Take advantage of every one of them. The more someone sees your face, the more they hear your voice, the more they're exposed to you and you to them. It makes it that much more easier. And if you think someone's too senior for you to approach, then maybe start with someone else that they may know that may be on your same level. But they may be senior now, but they didn't start that way. They didn't start off as senior. And I'm sure they had someone that they could depend on as a mentor and it kind of helped them along the way. And it's the one thing I've found in this industry and that type of support. I've never been told no. I've never been, you know, put off and never, and no one's ever followed back up. So it, um, 
It may be intimidating when you think about someone's title, but if you think about that person and what they're doing and their responsibility, that should make it easy. So if I go back to some of the experiences you were talking about in early, you were in corporate, but working in philanthropy or working for foundations or the corporate giving side, and those lessons that you learned early on about how you might be perceived by people who might be like more small-minded or have antiquated thoughts about how the world really is. And then they meet you and you break all of their expectations and or stereotypes down and they cannot ask a basic question. They don't know how to engage. All of that is part of the journey that you described and it helped you understand how to navigate probably in very friendly environments and environments that may not have been as friendly. How now do you think those experiences shaped how you move? What are some of the tactics that you navigate with every day or from time to time? Do you feel like, hey, you know what? I learned that then and then I changed my, the way I approach this. And now the benefit of that is this, this works like this. Like how, how did you take that and make it work for you? I went from assuming that everyone was judging me to assuming that they just didn't know any better. So given the time, given the opportunity, I'll take the time to give you an explanation or or address what I considered, back then I considered an a, a ignorant question. Like, how could you not know that? Um, I would give you the benefit, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt and not make the assumption that they're coming from a racist place. And I believe they're coming from a place of not knowing and never had the opportunity to even address the question to someone without feeling uncomfortable. So my my thing is everyone, I try to treat everyone the same, and I'm not prejudging. So it makes I think that makes me more approachable. But that chip that was on my shoulder, that that guard that I put around me, my clothes that I put on was like my armor that I I wore every day when I went into that corporate environment. I am no longer concerned with, you know, being dressed properly or assuming that they're looking at me and thinking this or they're thinking that. I'll give them I'll I'll give them the chance. I'll give them the opportunity. But you only get once. You only get it once. So then as we wrap up our conversation today, are there any Final words of wisdom that you'd like to share or things that you considered as you were preparing for our conversation today? I have a daughter. Um, She's 20. She's about to um, graduate from college. And she is a fighter. And she is feisty. And I, I look at her and I think, where did you come from? Where did this come from? And then she always teases me. She's like, Mom. What do you think? And I, I have never seen myself that way. I have, no, I just, I, I would never think someone would describe me that way. But I am so fiercely proud of how she's turned out so far. I mean, I feel so. Sometimes her journey has just begun. But when I, I look at who she is, and how humble she is, and what a kind person, all that wrapped up in one. Um, I mean, I'm sure my husband has something to do with it, but I always think <laughs> I've done something right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, never give up. Never give up. If you decide it's not what you want to do, then don't. 
but don't detour because someone else decided for you. Don't let others' expectations of you dictate who you are or how you show up. If you believe in it and it's what you really want to do, go for it. Go for it. I would love to know, Deborah, for those who might be questioning themselves mm-hmm. or their confidence doesn't let them kind of get up and go. Have you ever had a friend or, you know, pardon me, um, someone who like a, a girlfriend circle where you guys had to kind of just help each other from time to time? And if so, what were some of the ways that you were able to see people get over or overcome some of the obstacles or barriers that they had to in their careers? I talk about starting an after school programs, martial arts program. There were, um, you know, 10 of us who journeyed on and five of us who stuck stuck together after that. I guess it started in sixth grade. I'm still friends with those five women. That is my sister circle. Um, I always include my older sister in that circle. I think she's my biggest cheerleader (laughs) (laughs) and my best friend. That's my support. Those women are, they're awesome. I mean, and we're all so different, um, in, even in terms of the industry that we all chose. Um, but whenever we're, you know, faced with something or ever we're dealing with something, you know, I go back to when I said, I can pick that phone up any time. I said family and friends. Um, I'm not just talking about people I don't talk to, you know, but once or twice a year. These are women who are part of my life all year long, all, every day, any day. And... They're my support. Um, yeah. Uh, it's so funny because when we talk about challenges, and I think I am, you know, to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be laid back and, and you know, come to terms with something I'm dealing with. And I can think of one of my girlfriends, and she just, she can fly off the handle. But then when she brings it back home and she sits down and says, this is how we're going to respond. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is this is what we're going to do. And, and I always think, oh, she's such a firecracker. But she reminds me, you did the same thing for me. Do you remember when? And I think, well, yeah, but. She, no, no, no. It was the same. It was the same. I was out there about to lose my mind. And you grounded me, brought me back. And this is how we handle it. And this is how it turned out. So that support is, and, and, and it helps with the fact that they're not in the same industry. So they can look at an issue or a problem from a different perspective. Keep me from going off a lot of times. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You have someone you can call. Oh, I have. And tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. And then I'll, package it differently. Package it differently. I don't have to sugarcoat it. And it's like, well, you know, you didn't handle that right. Yeah, I know that. So, and. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think the biggest advice I've received from not one of my girlfriends, but one of my uh, mentors, I was so upset about the situation. And you couldn't tell me the person wasn't racist and how they were coming at um, their response and their whole attitude about the the problem. And I remember talking with her about it. And she, and she listened and she said, I know you're upset. She said, but... Right now, I need you to take you out the equation. I was like, how do I do that? He said, so-and-so. I said, take you out the equation. What it is you want to see happen? What is it that the ultimate result that you want to see at the end of this? I said, well, of course, blah, blah. She said, okay, so how are you going to get there? I was like, yeah, okay. 
It ain't about me. It ain't about me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your time today, Deborah. Thank you. We would like to thank our sponsors, Che Abram, Fern Stroud with BlackVines.net, Holly Babe, Faust, and Janet Stone, who are donors and supporters of the project, Yuju Ho, Melody Fuller with Oakland Wine and Food Society. You too can learn how to become a sponsor. Please go to blackfemaleproject.org. Again, that is blackfemaleproject.org. <laughs>